last podcast of 2021. So what better way to cap off the year than to list off five Rockets New Year's resolutions coming up right here at Locked on Rockets. It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This is Mission Control, Houston. Ignition sequence start. It's the second pick in the 2021 NBA Draft. The Houston Rockets select Jalen Green. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to keep getting better every day. I'm going to keep perfecting my craft. And every time I step on that floor, I'm coming. Six. Five, four, three, two, one. What's up and welcome to another episode of Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. As always, I'm your host, Jackson Gatlin, native Houstonian and also host of Locked on NBA Mondays. Be sure to follow along on Twitter at JT Gatlin and the show, of course, at Locked on Rockets. Here we are. For our final episode of 2021, this hellacious year that saw us see, you know, we went through, uh, you know, a what a season and a half of NBA basketball crammed and condensed into one calendar year. Um, it's been a lot of crazy stuff that's happened this year. So what better way than to end this year than to list off five Rockets New Year's resolutions. So what are your resolutions for the Houston Rockets? What are your New Year's resolutions for this Houston Rockets team? If you're watching on YouTube, drop them in the comments section. If you're listening on Apple, Spotify, those other areas, uh, drop a review, write your comments there, tag it on Twitter, like drop your Rockets New Year's resolutions. I want to see what your thoughts are because I've got five of them that I'm going to lay out right here. So let's just go ahead and dive straight into it. My first resolution for this Houston Rockets team is I want to see Jalen Green with the ball in his hands more because I think we've seen enough evidence that Jalen Green, when he has the ball in his hands, when he's being aggressive, can absolutely like take over a game, score at will, and he's starting to slowly realize that, right? So it feels like when his shot is falling, that's great, and it's great to see but the other area of his game, the area that was kind of billed as being the part of his game that was going to be the strongest when he was first coming in was his explosiveness, right? His ability to drive, his ability to finish at the rim. And I feel like at times he's a little too tentative for my liking, and I'd like him to be a bit more aggressive. And that requires him having the ball in his hands, right? So when KPJ is on the floor, KPJ is going to, command most of the time with the basketball, right? KPJ is the primary facilitator, the point guard. He's going to have the ball in his hands a lot. So what that might mean or might necessitate is for Jalen Green to have ample amount of time with the ball in his hands to really kind of create for himself, to create for his teammates, because we've seen his ability to create for others, his ability to run the pick and roll is much better than we expected it to be this early in his career. For those things to happen, it might be required that KPJ and Jalen Green's minutes get staggered, at least to an extent, to where they can each have some time on the floor and be successful on their own, right? Now, unfortunately, we have seen minutes previously where Jalen Green and KPJ have been staggered, but 
Jalen Green still didn't get the ball placed in his hands, right? Like, you know, thinking back to the games where KPJ was out initially and Eric Gordon wound up, you know, commanding much more of the 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 on-ball duties uh, of the offense rather than Jalen Green. And so this is kind of my hope and and what I want to see out of the coaching staff moving forward is that they decide that Jalen Green should have the ball in his hands a little bit more often. And when he does have the ball in his hands to really let him actually run the offense, right? Not just, you know, let EG or DJ Augustine or somebody else bring the ball up, but actually let Jalen Green kind of steer and orchestrate the offense. And I think we've kind of seen that a little bit in these first couple games that Jalen Green has been back against Indiana and then against the Lakers is it felt like he did have the ball in his hands quite a bit more in those games than he had previously especially in the moments where KPJ wasn't on the floor. So hopefully that is a trend that continues moving in that direction because Jalen Green is the future of this organization, right? He's the number two overall pick. He He's the guy that all the hype is around, right? And it's just, I will say as an aside, the like it's just so much more entertaining to have Jalen Green out there on the floor. Um, you know, it's, it's been a rough, you know, give or take month or so. And yeah, we've seen some flashes from other guys and the doorway has been open for guys like Josh Christopher to be able to get some minutes now, you know, with KPJ and Jalen Green missing some time. And that was great for his development and to really show what he could do. But missing Jalen Green just flat out sucked. Like not being able to see him hoop, not being able to cheer and, and root for and watch the development of the guy that was drafted number two overall just hurts. And so... To have him back in the lineup is great, and that's my resolution for this Rockets team is to be able to basically to feature Jalen Green a little bit more, right? You know, I think we saw a big chunk of that, you know, that 15-game losing streak where offensively things just didn't look right for this Rockets team. They didn't have their identity, and a big chunk of that, a big chunk of the frustrations were not only just the double big lineup, but the fact that Jalen Green just wasn't really being featured hardly at all. Like, he was basically being sent to the corner and being treated as a spot up jump shooter a lot of the time. And a big part of that is because the ball movement was non-existent. The Rockets offense looked, you know, clunky at best. And so they weren't getting the side to side ball movement. They weren't getting the dribble penetration and the kickouts that Steven Silas wants. That's a staple of his offense. And so in the couple games that we've seen Jalen Green back, it's felt like even, even though he's not, you know, commanding the basketball the same way that, Kevin Porter Jr. does as the primary facilitator, as the point guard, he's getting more touches and the touches look significantly better with him back in the lineup because everything else just looks so much better. So I want to see that trend continue. I want to see Jalen Green with the ball in his hands considerably more moving forward. That is resolution number one for this Rockets team. We're going to get to the next resolutions in just a moment after a quick message from our friends over at Prize Picks. Because look, if you haven't signed up yet for Prize Picks, you've got to check them out. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. If you haven't checked it out yet, you are missing out. I'm telling you, you're going to love this app for NBA and mixed spots. Pick'ems. Basically, Prize Picks has the best NBA DFS prop game on the market. Prize Picks offers more NBA props than any other DFS prop operator and offers all the superstar players as well as bench players only recording a handful of minutes each and every game. It's so easy, so simple to play. You pick two to five players and an over-under on their projections, and you can win up to 10 times on any entry, and it's just you versus the projected numbers. So go check out Prize Picks. Go to prizepicks.com today and use promo code MBA or go to your app store and download the app. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made 
easy. And continuing on here at Locked on Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball. Let's continue on with our New Year's, our Rockets New Year's resolutions, I should say. And whatever resolutions you have for the Rockets, drop them in the comments, put them on Twitter. I want to see them. Make sure you tag me, all that good stuff. I want to know what your New Year's resolutions are for this Houston Rockets team. My next resolution, and I had to modify this one because when I wrote it down, I was like, I wrote it down. I was like, no, that's not fair. So I want to see Alper and Shingun limit the controllable fouls. And I say controllable fouls because Alper and Shingun has received one of the worst whistles that I think I've ever seen for a rookie, right? Like it's, it's common. It's normal for rookies to not get the benefit of the whistle. You know, you're a rook, you're, you're, you're fresh in the league, like all these different things, but it really does feel like Alper and Shingun get some of the most atrocious calls that I have ever seen. Like calls where he is playing defense and arms are straight up and down, you know, verticality, all that nonsense. And, you know, and he still gets whistled, right? And those are those are tough to stomach for him because the foul trouble and, and you know, all, all the different, you know, supposed variables for why LP isn't getting more consistent run. And I, I do firmly believe that the fouling is at least a minor concern for the coaching staff, right? They, they're not just throwing out random BS reasons for why Al is not getting more minutes. If they believe that foul trouble is an issue, then I'm going to take them at face value for their word and foul trouble is an issue for them. Now that said, I had to modify it to say the controllable fouls, right? Because fouls like that where Al is playing solid defense and he's just getting a crappy whistle, those aren't within his within his control, right? The fouls that are within his control are some of like the offensive fouls that he commits, right? Where he's moving a little bit too aggressively offensively or where he like hooks a player with the off arm trying to get, you know, to get a leg up, to get an advantage. Some of those little offensive fouls there. Defensively, some of the plays where he's swiping at the basketball, where he's trying to make a strong defensive play, those are well within his control. And I don't necessarily want him to be a less aggressive defender because I do think that defensively LP is significantly better than I thought he would be at this point in his career. And being able to hold his own on that side of the floor is definitely going to be a big part of whether or not he gets extended minutes down the line, whether his minutes get, you know, upped at all. And I do think he's got like, you know, he processes the game so well. He's got the quick hands. He's able to make plays sometimes defensively, but, you know, for, for every handful of the plays that he makes defensively, be it a steal or a tip or a deflection or a block, like he's also sometimes a little bit too late or a little bit too early, right? And those result in some fouls. So I'd like Al P to control his fouling, uh, the, the, the controllable fouls a little bit. That's my, my number two resolution on this Rockets New Year's resolutions list. <clears throat> My next resolution still involves Alper and Shingun, and it does involve his minutes, but it also involves Christian Wood. Number three on my Rockets New Year's resolutions list is I want to see more double big lineup minutes for Alper and Shingun and Christian Wood. Since the Rockets ditched the double big lineup, like officially, way back on November 24th, uh, when they started the seven-game win streak. Since that moment, all the way up to now, the end of December, Alper and Shingun and Christian Wood are averaging 3.8 minutes a night on the floor together. 
that's nothing. That is that is so minuscule in the grand scheme of things. And they have like a total of like 57 minutes played together, something, you know, abysmal. So they have not gotten anywhere near the amount of reps that they realistically need to get together to decide whether or not that front court pairing can actually work moving forward and be a tandem duo for the Rockets. Or if it can't work, then that basically spells, you know, the end of Christian Wood's time in Houston. Because right now, and I, and I, you know, our last episode, I went very deep on the Christian Wood trade dilemma. Do you trade him? Do you not trade him? Right? The pros and cons of both sides. And a big part of figuring out whether or not Christian Wood can be a long-term fit for this Houston Rockets team is whether or not he can coexist with Alperin Shingun. And so over this next month or so of the season, all the way up until the trade deadline in February, I want to see the Rockets place an emphasis on Alperin Shingun and Christian Wood getting minutes together. Not just increasing Alperin Shingun's minutes, but increasing the minutes in which he is sharing the floor with Christian Wood so that we can actually have an adequate sample size to decide, okay, can this pairing work? Or is it a bust? And do the Rockets actually have to move Christian Wood? Because if we see an extended run of this pairing, of this duo between Wood and Shingun, and they look really, really good together, and they're able to make things click defensively, and things are flowing offensively, and that duo looks really good, then there's not really a reason to have to trade Christian Wood because suddenly you can factor Christian Wood in as the four next to Alper and Shingun for your future endeavors for this team rather than having to sit here and think, okay, well, they're both fives. They both can't play the five. Who are we going to pick, right? I'm still optimistic that that pairing can be significantly more successful, although the bar is obviously very, very low, significantly more successful than the Wood-Tice pairing because Alper and Shingun brings so much more to the table offensively than Tice does. And defensively, there's not a substantial drop-off between what Daniel Tice gives you as a defensive big and what Alper and Shingun gives you as a defensive big, except for, again, the intermittent fouling problems that Alpi has. That said, he plays defense, he hustles, he rebounds well, he boxes out incredibly well. Alpi does all the things that you want out of your five defensively. It's just, can that pairing work? And a big part of that onus is more so on Christian Wood. Can he make that pairing work defensively as the four in that lineup? Because that would be up to Christian Wood to be tasked with guarding the opposing four, the opposing wing, whoever is slotted in at that second front court spot for the opposing team. That's on Christian Wood. And we've seen him struggle to keep up with players like that. And we've also seen him offensively not look as good when he's being defended by smaller, quicker, more agile players, guys that he's not necessarily strong enough to bully down low, but where suddenly his usual mismatch advantage playing at the five spot is non-existent when he's playing against, you know, a larger wing, like a six, seven, six, eight type player who can still kind of body up Christian Wood, but suddenly the agility, the speed that he normally has against fives is just non-existent against a player like that. So there are a lot of question marks surrounding that duo and whether or not it can work for extended periods of run on the floor. And so that's resolution number three for me is I want to see those two guys get extended minutes together so that we can finally figure out, can they work together or can they not? And does Christian would have to be on the way out because of it? 
So I've got two more resolutions to drop in. We're going to get there after a quick message from our friends over at Built Bar. Because look, it's the new year, so that means New Year's resolutions. That's why we're going through our Rockets New Year's resolutions right now, right? If yours is about getting fit or eating healthier, make sure you include Built Bar in your plan. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. Maybe, honestly, maybe even better than a candy bar. Built Bar makes it easier to stick to your resolution because it tastes so good. You'll want to eat it, unlike other protein bars, which can be gritty or chalky. The, the, the flavors are a mess, right? The consistent, it's it's a nightmare, right? Eating other protein bars. I haven't liked protein bars until I started trying Built Bar. And the flavors, oh. I've got so many different flavors that you can choose from. They've got mint brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel, strawberry, cookies and cream, my personal favorite, coconut brownie chunk. So many amazing flavors. And you can check out all of them that are available at built.com and use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off the best tasting protein bars you will ever try. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. And final segment here at Locked on Rockets, the final episode for 2021, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball, getting to our final couple of Rockets New Year's resolutions. And here's my next one. And I had to think kind of hard about this one. And I, and I really do feel pretty strongly about this. I would like for KPJ to embrace being the vocal leader of the team. And I, I had to really put some thought into this. And I genuinely think that KPJ can be the vocal leader of this young Rockets team, right? And my reasoning is as such, he has embraced and, and grown in such a short amount of time from joining the Rockets and being, you know, having all these expectations placed on him you know, being compared to James Harden right out of the gate during his RGV Vipers stint, all this stuff, right? And then joining the Rockets and actually delivering on some of the hype, right? Looking really good in his, you know, brief stint with the Rockets last season, then all the hype surrounding him this offseason, what he's going to be able to do as a, you know, future backcourt partner with Jalen Green, all that stuff. But specifically, his growth in how he discusses his game and the Rockets games and all of this to the media, right? His growth as an individual, I think is really important, right? You can go back and listen to the first handful of like post-game interviews and stuff that he was doing last season and then come back and check out what he sounds like and looks like this season. And he is so much more confident, so much more sure of himself. And it really does feel like he is embracing a, leadership role on this team, even at just 21 years of age. Obviously, he's a bit older than the crop of rookies the Rockets have. But I think that for whoever to become the, the vocal leader of a team, it it really helps when that vocal leader is one of the better players on the team because it, you know, it can be, right, like I, I draw the comparison to like the, you know, Houston Rockets of old where, James Harden was always the alpha, right? He was the best player. But for a few years there, right? Like Patrick Beverly was like the vocal, like emotional leader of the team. But to me, I think the dynamic works a little bit better when the vocal or emotional leader of the team is one of the better players on the roster. Now, that's not to say that there can't be multiple guys who kind of embody that role. Jay Sean Tate is another one who he is so consistent with his play. And he's kind of, you know, even though he's a sophomore, essentially, 
he's a bit older, right? And so he can be that guiding voice and kind of help steer the young guys because he's been there, done that. He's had a different route to get to the NBA. And he can absolutely also be a leader in the Rockets locker room. But I think I do want to see KPJ really start to embody more of that role for this team. And I think that's also going to help him embrace the role of point guard, right? Because being the point guard on the floor, you are kind of the natural leader of the team when you're orchestrating the offense, when you're in charge of making sure guys are in the right spots, when you're in charge of controlling the flow of the game. Not only that, KPJ has spoken about wanting to be more vocal, right? About taking on more responsibility by leading by example, right? And he's done those little things, right? I think there's still parts of his game where he does still get frustrated with himself, right? After, you know, a missed shot or, you know, he thinks he gets fouled offensively and he's a little slow to get back in transition. Those are still areas of his game that he is growing and working on. And those are maturity things, right? Those are those are mental lapses in his game that he's got to iron out as a young player still finding himself in this league. But that said, the jump that he has made defensively from last season to this season, his ability to defend at such a high level and also being a, a, be a significantly better help defender, right? His on-ball defense has been incredible, but as a help defender and just as an overall team defender, the jump that he's made there has been great. He's really embracing and learning the point guard role. And it feels like he's able to, you know, I know for, I mean, for a fact, he's taken Jalen Green absolutely under his wing, right? Like you see those two guys constantly when they're on the floor together, talking, going over things. You'd see them on the sidelines discussing stuff while they were out. I think that time where they were both missing, you know, a significant stretch of time this past month or so did wonders for them to be able to learn each other's game and figure out things together that they didn't have a chance to kind of ironing some things out there. So that's number four on my Rockets New Year's resolution list is for KPJ to embrace being a vocal leader for this team, which I think he's already doing, but to continue see that to see that trend is a, is a great thing. And I want to see more of it moving forward. And my last point, my last Rockets New Year's resolution before we sign this thing off and last episode for 2021, I want to see St Steven Silas trust the young guys. And I do think he does. I do think he trusts the young guys, you know, but I want to see him continue to do that. I want to see, you know, moments where he gives the, he gives the young guys a chance to, to win or lose a game, right. Where he doesn't, you know, suddenly rely on, you know, Eric Gordon to close things out where he's not, you know, panic switching and and thinking, okay, I've, I've got to get Christian Wood out there because Al P is, you know, uh, he, he picked up his fourth foul in the third quarter, things like that, where I want to see him extend those olive branches, those little lines of trust and say, you know what, we, you know, I, I see what you're able to do. We trust you and we're going to, we're going to let you make these mistakes because that's the only way for these players to grow, Right. I think Josh Christopher is a really solid example of that level of trust, right? Where this Rockets team was in a predicament where they needed bodies. They, they were missing, you know, their starting backcourt and Josh Christopher was given the nod and given a chance to really shine. And this coaching staff has entrusted him with the ability to run the offense at times, play off ball at times. He's being tasked with guarding some of the best opposing players defensively. And he has risen to that occasion and he's done a phenomenal job given the opportunity. So similar in, in a similar vein to that, I want to see the other young guys on the roster be given those opportunities, right? And I'm not just talking about Jalen Green and, and Al P and 
obviously just finished talking about Josh Christopher, right? Give KJ Martin a chance, right? Let, let's experiment. Let's have some chances where the rookies can maybe get some chances to, to close some games out. Right. You know, and I'm not saying, you know, oh, he needs to bench Eric Gordon or bench Christian Wood, you know, like not giving those guys chances to, to, to shine or to be a part of the rotation. Cause they absolutely are. But I just want to see the, focus on the young guys be a little bit more pronounced than it's been for the better part of this, you know, the early part of the season, because again, coming to the season development was the number one priority for this team. They're not going out there intentionally trying to lose games. That said, move away from using the vets a little bit, trust the young guys, let them sink, let them swim and let them have these opportunities to learn from actual NBA games on the court, not just practices, not just reps, not just RGV film, that kind of thing. Let the young guys have their chances to flourish or sink or swim and then correct whatever behaviors need to be corrected. I do think that Steven Silas has done a solid job of steering this ship. You know, I think there's been question marks at times, absolutely. And I've been highly critical of Steven Silas myself, right? Questioning, you know, is he the right guy for this job? I think that what we've seen and the the emphasis that he places on trusting these young guys, on doing the right things, on putting the work in and building a strong foundation for these guys at the NBA level and then building up from that foundation, it's important, right? You can't get to some of those like more those more complex principles offensively, defensively, expectations for what he wants this group of guys to be able to do until you have a sound base established. And it sounds like Steven Silas is putting the work in and it sounds like the players are receptive to it, right? Even during the 15 game losing streak, I don't think at any point that Steven Silas like lost the locker room. The players were still playing hard for him. And that's a good measure of if players are receptive to what a coach is preaching, right? Is how hard they play. Yes, mistakes were being made. Yes, shots weren't going in. Yes, things looked rough at times, but the players always played hard. And that's an important part of what Steven Silas is able to do and how he's able to still, you know, lead this group of guys and be the coach and, you know, get the most out of these players, out of this team, is they always play hard for him, right? I don't think there's been a single game this season where the Rockets have truly, like truly, truly just rolled over and given up on a, on any given night. Even like the disgusting, like 40 point blowout loss against the Grizzlies. Like that was one of the ugliest games of the season. At no point did they like absolutely just roll over and give up in that game. And I think that speaks volumes about Steven Silas as a head coach and about what this group of guys sees in him as their coach. So with that, those are my five Rockets New Year's resolutions. What are your Rockets New Year's resolutions? Drop them in the comment section on YouTube. Also, like, subscribe, all that good stuff. Drop them on Twitter when I post the tweet to the video, all that good stuff. Um, if you haven't done so yet, please consider subscribing to the show wherever you get your podcasts, Apple, Spotify, Google, the brand new Odyssey app, free and available on all platforms. Again, check it out on YouTube. Search Locked on Rockets on YouTube. Like comment, subscribe, all that, all that good stuff. Um, sincerely appreciate if you've, if whether you're an OG like pod listener and you've been listening for years all the way back in the pod father, Ben Dubose days, or whether you're a new listener and you just picked it up recently, or you found the show via YouTube, I sincerely appreciate you sticking with the show and checking it out, making it a part of your daily routine. It means the world to me. You know, I, um, you know, as part of my my signing off here for the year of 2021, right? Uh, I had a conversation recently um, with a coworker about like imposter syndrome, right? And that's something that I 
like deal with all the time, you know, thinking like, am I, am I doing, am I doing this the right way? Or am I doing enough of this? You know, all these little things. Right. And it can be a lot to deal with. If you've ever dealt with imposter syndrome for anything, right. You, you know what it feels like. And you know, it still shocks and amazes me that so many of you choose to make this show a part of your daily routine, that you listen to this, that you interact on social media, that you watch it on YouTube or listen via podcast, that you, you know, any combination thereof, it it really, you know, I, I do truly appreciate it because I love doing this show. And again, it, it's still just wild to me to think about. I'm just a dude that likes talking about basketball and to have the outpouring of support from all the listeners, all the viewers, it's incredible. So I wish you and yours a phenomenal 2022. Hopefully it's a better year than 2021. Uh, we go forward from this with good vibes, good feelings, all of that stuff. So with that, that's going to be it for this episode. As always, thank you so much for watching. Thank you so much for listening. And we look forward to having you back right here at Lockdown Rockets, your daily podcast home for everything Houston Rockets basketball.